Hi, you're listening to the Making Recovery Real podcast with the Scottish Recovery Network and friends. Stay tuned for insights, ideas and stories to help you make mental health recovery real where you are. Welcome to the Scottish Recovery Network podcast. This podcast is an opportunity to reflect on experience and learning from the Grampian Public Empowerment Group. My name is Holly and I'm a network officer with the Scottish Recovery Network. We believe that to make recovery real, we all need to be equal partners in transforming the mental health system. Grampian Public Empowerment Group is working to create change around traditional consultation approaches to develop more meaningful lived experience involvement through co-production. In this episode, we are chatting to Andrew, Amanda and Liz. This podcast is a reflection of their experiences and learning. Andrew, would you be up for just starting off and telling us um, a bit of context around the role of the Public Empowerment Group? It's about a year ago that um, I was I had a conversation with Liz about the intention to create a lived experience group to support having a place on the transformation board looking at the modernization of uh, mental health and learning disability services in Grampian and is intrigued at the idea that um, people were going to try and do something a bit different and that it was um, a chance to meet new people and to uh, use some of my experience in a sort of positive way meeting some of the people that was introduced to kind of give me the assurance that there was sort of quite a lot of goodwill behind the idea. This is sort of an opportunity to um, use your own experience in a sort of intentional way. Liz what about from your role your role as a um, consultation and engagement advisor you know what has this meant for you? On a personal level, this has just been, you know, just such an amazing journey that we've been on collectively. And I actually feel really proud of everything that we've achieved. But from, you know, the context of um, an organisational perspective, the review of mental health and learning disability services took place in 2019. And as somebody who works in public involvement, you know, we had quite a wide range of um, methods of gathering the views of people and gathering all that data and some of the lived experience. Um, and this, this opportunity was um, kind of initiated by the public involvement team and mental health and learning disability services as well, which was, it was really great that, you know, they were, you know, instigating this kind of different way of approaching. And the reason the group was brought together was to kind of sense check what the outcomes of that review were so that when changes are being made or if changes are being made then there's people who use those services are around to kind of sense check that as things evolve and develop and traditionally this public empowerment group is is kind of like a new way of us working um, in a way of bringing people together in kind of like a safe space and in a supported way so that people feel safe to be able to express their views and opinions in in a, in a place where there are people um, who are having a similar lived experience as opposed to having to go into a, a space which is owned by clinical staff or senior leadership staff. So, um, so we started small, like Andrew says, maybe about a year ago. And, and I, th- I think that, well, we were so lucky that 
Andrew agreed to be the chair of the PEG because um, you know this this has been um, really like an aligning of the planets. People who got involved in the early stages, um, including yourself, Holly, um, were very much around creating a culture and a space of co-production and um, and working together to support each other in, in almost like a community space. So I think by developing, having the opportunity to develop that kind of community space um, also then attracted people with a similar ethos. And from that, we've kind of like organically grown, if you like, to and we've taken people along on that journey with us so what that's done essentially is created a space where people feel really comfortable hopefully to share their views share their experiences feel that they're supported to um to influence and drive through change in the organization um and hopefully what we will do as as we progress as well is to try and find you know meaningful opportunities for people to progress and develop which is something that I know Andrew is you know really supportive of and and really keen to to progress as well there's so much potential for where this this work could go um, and just as a side note we've been really lucky to have secured some funding for a one day a week part-time member of staff who'll be dedicated to this so with that in mind, we'll have, um, you know, somebody who will be able to really take forward the actions of the group. Thank you for providing that context. And I think it's really important in helping us just make sense of um, where the group sits locally and what its role is. And maybe we could start with Amanda now. And um, it would be great to hear uh, what motivated you to get involved, Amanda. I had strong feelings about mental health. You know, I'm uh, uh, visually, I'm blind. So that, that has mental health sort of implications and also you know I had problems you know when I was a child so I've always really been in, wanted to be involved in mental health but could never really find a way to actually do it so I was speaking to Liz on the phone one day and she told me about this group so I thought absolutely I need to jump on it so I, I did and I'm really glad I did. Thank you for sharing that Amanda. What about you Andrew? background in my working life earlier on in doing some advocacy work and uh, the sort of subject of mental health and uh, people's empowerment in and around using services is something that I've always been passionate about. I've had very good experiences and some not so good experiences and I thought that yeah something good can be taken out of that if the things that I've learned can be shared and but also realizing that I probably had the experience from work uh, and other volunteering roles to possibly help get the group set up as a, a, a network because it was important that the the group sort of involved people from all, all the different parts of Grampian mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, I know from my work how difficult that can be so just felt that the mutual benefit in me volunteering to do it and uh, I've been glad that I have and learning from the people that you meet you know yeah. so it's like in bringing together the group and involving people sort of starting from a blank sheet of paper mm -hmm. 
hearing other people's points of views and things. A lot of learning and just doing the, the, the process, even though it was quite uncertain. I wonder now if we could chat through kind of three sort of development stages of the public environment group and thinking about like the early days, the present day and the future. Um, and I'd be really interested to hear, Andrew, the early development activities that have been like essential to building like the public environment group's foundations. I put together a kind of, I think it was a five W's and how set of questions and we started sort of workshopping with people um, what their views on why we're doing this and just kind of capturing everybody's sort of shared sense of it. And that led to workshopping on sort of a vision and aims for the group and sketching out a, a sort of one-page roadmap document to try and track what roughly we might need to be doing so that we were moving towards being ready for the Transformation Board reconvening. So we had that time before the Transformation Board reconvened to, to spend time talking about values and visions and also just the consistency of uh, having regular meetings and uh, keeping that momentum going so that it's it's not left like people not knowing when the next meetings are happening mm -hmm. so people like Liz and others have been good at just helping sort of make that happen mm -hmm. and it sounds like that time has been of real benefit it might not have been planned for to the same extent if it wasn't for the circumstances around COVID but actually what it has given is quite a significant amount of space for this really important um, kind of development work do that in a very mutual way so it's not like um, Andrew you've set the agenda and um, the values pre-decided what it would look like but people have had like an equal opportunity to really contribute to um, the picture basically. I think that those of us that were involved in it right at the start I think we were so lucky that we kind of all came to that space with this sense of like co-production and building relationships and being kind of like asset-based and, and positive framed. And I think that um, because we came to that space with those kind of ideals, it was really easy for us to build relationships with each other. And, and I always believe in the work that I've done in the past that people rarely turn up to meetings because they've got a great policy or because they've got fantastic minutes or or because they've got really great processes in place I think people turn up to things because of relationships and because of people what's difficult is to keep the momentum once the initial flurry of this is a new exciting shiny thing has passed people can you know find other shiny things to to, to go on to so I think that you know what what we really set out to try and do was to create that space where people wanted to come back because of each other mm -hmm. because of who else was in the group and because they were wanted to see and speak to and hear from other people and to kind of have that shared space and community so I really hope that that's how people feel about it because I think that was our real real intention when we started. Yeah, I think that's a really powerful point and I think it leads us on really nicely um, to 
uh, just invite Amanda if you'd be up for sharing, you know, what it feels like to be involved in the public empowerment group. It was really a, a lovely experience from the start because, you know, I felt that I was welcomed by everybody right, right from the world go. And I feel that being part of the, you know, empowerment group, um, that, I, that I do have a voice, you know, um, I, I do feel that I'm being listened to. I hope that in the end, what I see and what everybody else says will be acted on. I get supported, you know, very, very well by the people in the group as well, you know, on a mental uh, health basis. What do you think Andrew has supported? And we've probably touched on it a bit, but what do you think um, are the key activities have been in creating the space that Amanda's kind of talking about? Amanda's touched on being supported, you know, it sounds like there's been a bit of investment in time into the people who are participating. I've taken the view that it has to sort of, as a group, have a life of its own for people to feel they matter in the group. And so it's not just a meeting, consulting people on how we put together the agenda and, but then not being too bound by the agenda if people want to talk about things. Because uh, so, I kind of, I suppose I've realised that we can't just exist because the Transformation Board want a lived experience group. You know, it has to sort of have a, a, a life and energy of its, of its own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I try to use humour and informality in uh, uh, running the meetings so that people hopefully uh, feel they've enjoyed taking part in it rather than it being... Um, sort of a heavily sort of business orientated agenda you know people show up um, with different things going on and sort of try to sort of be mindful of that bringing humor into it is a really humor and also just allowing people to bring their humanness formality doesn't give space to the humanness and authenticity that people can bring and so I think we can create spaces informally that still meet strategic sort of aims and objectives Um, and so I just think it's such an important point to raise. Thinking about the future of the public empowerment group um, you know it is an ongoing development Um, you know what do you feel are the most important things for its kind of future growth? Uh, I think I'm hoping that there'll be sort of lots of you know collaboration with different you parts of the, the sort of service uh, and I hope there'll be some sort of training to help because I, because I really, you know, do do want to sort of learn everything. Well, not not everything, but everything I can, you know, that will help me to to have, you know, to have this voice. Uh, so I hope that will happen. I mean, and I think it will because I mean I have had been involved in some suicide training. Uh, which was last week and it was very informative I was quite tired after it was finished but it was a good it was it was a good start starting point so I hope there'll be a a lot of that a lot of sort of meeting either face-to-face hopefully so at some point and online with you just everybody and I, I just hope that that kind of thing you know will will sort of happen and we just We'll start right from January, right from the word go, uh, you know, just making sure that ever, that we just have this voice that we that we do want to have. I, th- I think there's uh, work needed to help make 
the long-term future of the group viable. It's really important to me that like the people who have joined aren't overburdened. So we have a plan of a kind of cycle of development so that as we recruit new members and try and find out what it is that they would like to be involved in and what their capacity is and what support they need, but then sort of reviewing that with people to check that they're getting out of it what they want and getting the support that they need. And I think there's sort of questions about how that's resourced long-term because I think people want to be informed, as Amanda says, so that they're um, knowing how best to utilise their lived experience. And, uh, And as a group, we need to, you know, we're still always learning what to say yes and what to say no to because... There's a lot of curiosity and interest in, you know, a new lived experience group, public empowerment group. We changed it from an engagement group to an empowerment group through sort of like conversations. So there's interest in people with uh, a role around engagement. And what I kind of hope doesn't happen is that lots of different organizations all try and create lots of, Mm. of their own lived experience groups, which fragments the people and capacity to mm-hmm. come together. Mm-hmm. So I think there's just an ongoing cycle of activity about maintaining the reach across the region and involving more people, supporting those people and, and reviewing how that's going on a, on a, on a sort of regular basis. The things that we've identified so far, like, people wanting training, wanting mentoring. I mean, those asks have been answered. And yeah, one of the the tips has been, you know, like, you know, be explicit in what you want and mm-hmm. ask for it. So, you know, we've kind of made the point to, you know, beyond the one day a week, uh, one year endowment funded support role, um, there's a sort of question about the longer term of like, how, how do you support people to take part in a group? like this and and to meaningfully contribute to what is a kind of quite a complicated thing you know mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it's we're not just talking about asking individuals about their individual experience of a specific service we're trying to empower a group of people to have a view on the whole system and that's complicated <laughs> yeah and you um was came in post as our chair right at the very beginning and that was a a very deliberate action on behalf of the service was to kind of make that key statement that lived experience is at the heart of um of the public empowerment group and we did have a vice chair who was a person with lived experience of learning disability services although he's um, obviously gone off to college now it was just really you know a key like mission statement that lived experience is, is at the heart of, of this whole work and mm-hmm. um, on the network you know there is people with lived experience but we also have um, third sector organizations from across the whole of Grampian so it's, it's um, a time when the pandemic has kind of made it difficult for people to communicate I think that we've taken really full advantage of of the team's revolution and it's kind of given us a great opportunity to involve people that wouldn't normally have been able to participate in a Grampian-wide group such as this. So 
Um, so we've been able to do that quite well. And obviously we have support from the service as well. And so people come up from the public sector, from the third sector, we have lived experience. And I think that everybody agrees that having, you know, that diversity of membership in the group brings, you know, lots of great opportunities for collaboration and to share each other's work and to, you know, to build capacity and become more than more what's the phrase more than the sum total of our parts yeah. or whatever yeah yeah absolutely teamwork. yeah teamwork yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so important you know just being able to draw on um everyone's knowledge skills and experience in a mutual way and then I think what you've really spoken about is how important the space is in allowing that to happen thank you so much for sharing all of that and I wondered if you had a takeaway message for those who are listening. My feeling is that physical uh, mental health should be treated like physical health which I don't think it is mm-hmm. and I don't and it, and it certainly hasn't been I don't think you know, during the pandemic physical and, and mental health are, are just as important not mental health is just a backload a sort of uh, not not very important kind of kind of thing that's really what I'd just like to see people have come to this group with a whole range of passions and gifts and skills and by creating that space where people can share those passions gifts and skills in a in a in a cohesive way um you know really brings life to the work that we're trying to do and I think I heard something on a podcast the other day and it's just really stuck with me and it's what we nourish will flourish Mm. and I just feel that that's how I feel about this this piece of work in this community it's hard to top that Uh, (laughs) um, people being able to embrace the uncertainty of beginning doing something different is sort of important because it wouldn't work to try and prescriptively design somebody else's group or situation. I mean, I I got involved by accident because I'd signed up to volunteer for a totally different uh, thing, you know, about music. Um, So so there's, I guess, sort of maybe just allowing for the uncertainty of... uh, how fast things can move and mm-hmm. how and when people join and how that evolves over over time and it'll be influenced by the people that join and and to encourage people who join with lived experience to enjoy the process manage sort of the expectation about it is you know it's a big complicated subject takes time to change things yeah but to sort of just try and enjoy the process. Yeah, I like that, sort of being okay with the unknown that comes with doing something different. Um, Yeah, well, thank you so much, Amanda and Andrew and Liz, for sharing those reflections and the learning. It's timely and important that we share these messages widely. If you'd like to find out more, get in touch with Scottish Recovery Network and we can connect you with Grampian Public Empowerment Group. You can sign up to our newsletter on our website, www.scottishrecovery.net and you can also follow us on social media. 
Thanks for listening to the Making Recovery Real podcast. You can listen to more episodes, subscribe, or download transcripts on a range of channels, including Anchor, Spotify, Google, or Apple. For free resources and more, visit www.scottishrecovery.net. Together, we can make mental health recovery real.